Welcome, Whovians. This is Woke Doctor Who. This podcast is about race and representation in Doctor Who. If that's not where you're here, bye. But if you are here for passionate discussions about race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., then allons-y. If your kids are any younger than kind of teenaged, this is probably not the place for them. We're not promising to be tame in the future, you guys. Okay, so this is at least a PG-13 podcast. (laughs) At least. Welcome to Woke Doctor Who, everyone. So now we bring you part two of our gigantic JK rant. This whole conversation began because it's like, so how do we even engage? How do we continue to participate in the fandom at Mm -hmm. all, right? Yeah. And there's a part like... I don't want to, I I, I want to say I feel awful saying this, but I don't know that I feel awful. Like the, the, because I, because I want to say that because I am, I am very much a person who is pro trans folk. Mm -hmm. So I don't want it to sound like I'm saying, you know, leaving the fandom because she's a turf doesn't make sense to me. That's not what I'm saying. That absolutely makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that folks didn't leave the fandom because she was racist. Right. Right. Which she clearly is. Right. Folks didn't leave the fandom because she has internalized misogyny. Which she, which clearly, she does. clearly does. Folks didn't leave the, fan- the fandom for her anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Oh, which is God. clear. Yeah. Okay. And so what I'm saying is how did you find it in you to be a part of the fandom then? So like I'm not a trans person. I'm a black person though. And her racism to me has been apparent from the beginning. Mhm. And I just figured out a way, like I found myself in the world, not because she wrote me there, but because Mm -hmm. I put myself there. Right. And so I guess that's, that is for me, how I managed to still engage with a set of texts. Right. Because I never saw myself as engaging with JK Rowling. Yeah. Because clearly she didn't care really to engage with me. Like she did not write those books for me. Right. Never. Um, And in some ways it's kind of actively harmful in the shit that she wrote about people like me. Mm -hmm. Right. That for me is how I have, at least until this point, continued to engage with the text. It was through me and to myself having more imagination than she did 
yeah. and thinking about myself in that world or people like me in that world and how we would have interacted with it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And asking those questions like, okay, Wagadu exists. How is that possible? Like asking those questions to myself right. and coming up with possible answers for myself. Um, it, it's, I found it so kind of interesting to listen to trans folks and realize that they, of course, are doing the same thing, mm-hmm. had done the same thing in reading the books. Yep. You know, for I think at some point I was going back and forth with somebody about Snape being horrible. Oh. Mm-hmm. And and a person said, I've always read Snape as trans. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've loved him. And me being like, that never occurred to me. Yeah. Right. And trying to go back and read the books and like how do you see that? Mm-hmm. Like, that is fascinating to me to say, how do all of us, the different people from all over the world, see ourselves in those texts? You know, me being able to say to folks who never conceived of Hermione as Black, this is why right. she was Black to me, and going through the texts together and hear the things like, that smoothing potion made her clearly black in my eyes because her, and the fact that from the beginning, her hair was called bushy. So in my mind, she actually had a bush or she had like Afro puffs or something. So in my mind, she's a natural haired black girl from the beginning. And so having people say Rita Skeeter in my mind is trans. Really? And then I was like, why? And then having them tell me, Hmm. you know, because it's so pointed out that. how extra feminine right. she is. I but then she says she ha- said something about her having very big, like manly hands. Oh yeah, I remember and so that. And I was like, oh, see, mm-hmm. it never occurred to me that that meant that she could be a trans woman. That never occurred to me at all. And so, like, I love that kind of stuff. And so. This is not me telling trans people or anybody else that you should remain a part of the fandom at all. Because if JK lost every one of her readers, every dollar, you know, that would have come in, if she lost all of the attention of the world, it would serve her completely right. Because that's what you get for being a bigot. So if everybody in the fandoms turned their backs on her and she lost it all, good for her. Um, That's what you get. So that's not me saying you should. It's saying... This is how I've managed yeah, as a black person um, to continue to engage with the text um, and to rip them apart and to call out the racism and the yeah. anti-Semitism and the misogyny. And, and really delve into the problems of it mm-hmm. because there are so few like i can't think of anything that is not problematic yeah there there is no text that you're going to find that isn't um and i am i'm going to be loath to find written by a white person anyway mm-hmm. texts that aren't actively racist yep. to some degree yep. even if it's just by the you know the exclusion of us yep. um So 
the way for me to engage in the fandom is to engage in the fandom. Right. The community of it. Yeah. And those of us who have created a world beyond the one that she could have conceived. Yep. And, and did that together, <laughs> you know, yeah. like we did that together. It, it, it is almost as if we wrenched it out of her hands yes. and then through the writing of fanfic and the creation of Facebook groups and the creation of podcasts and yep. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, have imagined a wizening world beyond the one that she could have conceived yeah. from her tiny little place. Right. Um, Yeah. And it's funny because for me, like I've always, um, I've always attributed this to, to having no shred of Gryffindor in me at all. (laughs) But um, for me, I've never needed to like the creator to like the product, you know, like at all. Like it's just something that is never been necessary for me. And it may have been like very early on, like, you know, feeling marginalized by something that I engaged with, you know, it might be something like that. I don't know where it comes from. For me, I don't have that need. I don't have the need to like JK Rowling, which I do not, you know? And so for me, like I always saw the, um, any, I always see any book as this is a finished product that is out to the world to consume, you know, and movies as well, which is why I I think I was never more offended than when George Lucas went back and re-edited his movies. I was like, you can't do that. That's not allowed. (laughs) It's already out there. People have engaged with it. It's done. Period. It's over. Um, and so for me, like, because I'm comfortable with, making my fandom around the thing and not the person. Yeah. Um, that's, that's how I'm able to continue engaging with it. Because for me, like, even when I first read Harry Potter before, um, you know, before Ginny, I, like, I think of the, the main characters, I think I connected a little bit with Ginny mm-hmm. uh, because I was kind of like a tomboy, tough chick yeah. kind of thing. Um, and then of course, Cho, the fact that Cho exists was important to me. Um, but like, for me, rather than connect to even the characters in the book, I preferred to connect with the world, you know, I like, you know, that's a really visceral feeling. The first time Harry walks into Hogsmeade, you know, visceral feeling the first time Harry walks into Diagon Alley, you know, it's important. Those, those are the things that I seek. And for me, they still exist. They've been wished into existence by a writer and that's fine. Like I'd rather know that these places and these constructs exist then really even um connect with the characters or the character interactions within it you know and it's for me like that's the way i'm able to continue to engage with lord of the rings even though it's problematic i've been having these conversations right. with my husband a lot yeah yeah because um, he was a fan of the movies and he's like you know what i can't do it and i'm like i understand yeah. um because you know and for like for Lord of the Rings, as far as things go, you know, that was that was created and that movie was made in 2000. And there's literally no black people in yeah. the entire cast. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, even in the 70s, the late 70s, early 80s, we got Lando Calrissian in yeah. Star Wars. So that yeah. is unacceptable. He's yeah. a main character and he's an important character. So shut the fuck up about right. that. Yeah. <laughs> but um. But anyways, like for me, um, like the way that I'm able to continue to engage with this is just saying, you know what, this is out in the world and 
she can't do anything about that. And so I'm going to continue to engage with it because it exists outside of her. And yeah. that's kind of the one thing I, I like this. Yeah. That's and the thing no, that I, 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 I believe that as well. It's, it's funny. I'm sitting here listening to you talk about it and it's feeling so spiritual to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, to some degree, what I believe about deities, um, spirits, etc., are that they exist because we say they exist mm-hmm. and because people believe in them. Yes. And so you create things through the power of belief, right? And so it was it was amazing to me that you said, you know, she kind of wished them into existence because she wrote them out. Mm-hmm. But Hogwarts and Hogsmeade and the Wizarding World don't exist because J.K. wrote them. Mm-hmm. They exist because we read them. Yep. Right? Right. Because if she had written those books and nobody ever read them. Or if they had hit it and, you know, they were not a hit and Mm -hmm. maybe, uh, you know, a couple hundred people read them and promptly forgot. Mm -hmm. They literally would not exist for anybody except J.K. Rowling. But Hogwarts and Hogsmeade and Harry and Hermione and Ron and all of the rest of them exist because millions of people have read those books and imagined those books mm-hmm. and then imagined beyond those books and so stretched the universe further and further and further and further and actually made butterbeer in their kitchens like yeah. you did and knit Weasley sweaters and <laughs> yes went to Florida and yeah. rode through Hogwarts yes. and oh, that was so had cool. parties and sorted themselves into houses and mm-hmm. etc. It's like it's like the never ending story, right? right? Where the nothing was coming in and would have eaten it all. And it was because of the belief of that child that the stories continued to exist. And it's only because of the belief and the participation of those of us who call ourselves part of the fandom that this world exists. Mm -hmm. JK is just, if you think of it as as an energy that always existed and it just needed a vessel, Mm -hmm. like she is only the vessel that Hogwarts and et cetera came through. And now she can be completely removed because it's already in the world. Yep. And it and so you can't you can't do anything about that. It mm-hmm. already exists for me and for you and for all of the other people. And so we've now moved in. Like right. we've inhabited the world and there's Arf. nothing you can do about it. Right. Your being a turf doesn't mean that trans people don't exist in the wizarding world. They do. Mm-hmm. Because the trans people <laughs> who have read these books and loved them have then made themselves a part of the story. Right. Like it's yep. nothing you can do about that now. Yep. Just like, just like, um, what was it? Which pleases, which pleases, um, <laughs> like take 
on Harry being an unreliable narrator. Yes. So yes. JK. JK yes, is exactly. 100% an unreliable an narrator. Unreliable and narrator. the shit she says can just be pitched out there and ignored. Yep. We don't need to care about anything she has to say. Yep. Because yep. what we're engaging with, she already put out in the world yes. and she can't touch it. You're anymore. not in charge of it anymore. No. It's too it's late. Ours. Like once you release it to the public, you're no yeah. longer in charge of it. And right. so you can't tell us mm-hmm. that trans women don't exist because we say they do. Right. right. <laughs> and because the trans women themselves and trans men, of course, trans people, non-binary folks are already a part of the world. They're mm-hmm. already here. And so your rage or ignorance can't keep them from existing. They nope. exist here. Um, and so, yeah, like it is, it's like she was an imperfect vessel, <laughs> but it's happened. It's yep. happened now. It, it's here. And it was necessary. Like folks needed that. You know, I think of, um, Oh, I forget his name. And I will again, figure it out and put and make sure that it goes into the notes. Um, Jackson bird, I do believe was on Harry Potter and the sacred text. Okay. Maybe a couple weeks really ago, familiar. Uh-huh. maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, and they were talking about, you know, trans folks and um, and whether or not you should continue to engage with the text and all. And on that episode, it wasn't Jackson himself, I don't think. I think it was one of, um, I don't know if it was in that episode or next episode. But anyway, they did owl post letters. Okay. And somebody wrote in and was talking about, oh, Jackson, if this was you, please forgive me. But was talking about needing a safe place mentally, mm-hmm. you know, going through therapy or whatever. And, you know, when you're in therapy, often you're told go to that safe place in your mind, you know, when things are happening. Mm-hmm. And I understand that as a person who lives with anxiety, because that's what I have to do a lot in order to be able to make it through. And the person who was speaking was saying, for me, my safe space was always the Gryffindor common room. Ugh, I will try not to cry. But that's what I imagined when I was imagining my safe space. And that the common room doesn't feel safe anymore. And that broke, that broke my heart. Because, like I said, I have those safe spaces in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Wizarding World is one of those safe spaces. Like, the reason why I've been rereading the books. Yeah. The pandemic is because they make me feel safe. (laughs) It's, it is a world that isn't safe, but you have the main characters who are all on the side of the right Mm -hmm. and they are fighting the evil thing. Yep. And they win. Right. And at the end, all is well. Yeah. And reading that over and over and over again is comforting, particularly right now. Mm-hmm. When it feels like some days all is not going to be well ever again, yeah. <laughs> you know, not that all was ever well. I mean, I'm a black person. All was right. never well <laughs> here in the States. Right. But it feels like nothing's going to be normal ever again sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's lovely to read those books over and over again that I'm like, I could, I could basically narrate them now. Yeah. But 
feeling like chaos is always straightened out. Wars will end and the the good ones will win. Yeah. Particularly now as a black person when we're basically fighting a war in the streets in the yep. middle of a pandemic. Yep. And you don't have anything to go on except rage and hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um thinking to myself that the ones who are on the side of the right will always win mm-hmm. has kept me going. Yep. How awful must it be to have used those books or those movies or that world to do the same for yourself, mm-hmm. to make you feel like there's something safe somewhere. There is a place where you can be different and that is magical and mm-hmm. wonderful. And then have the person who created those safe spaces tell you that she either believes you don't exist or that the way you exist is wrong. Mm-hmm. How unwelcome must that make you feel? It is just, it's horrible to think that way. It's horrible to feel that way. And so that's why I can say, like, I would never tell anybody that they should have, that they should continue. Because Mm -hmm. if you just can't, of course, like, that's so understandable. Right. Like, because if you've carved out your safe space and then your safe space isn't safe anymore, what do you do? Right. What do you do then? Um, You know, (laughs) there's so many times that I think to myself, what would I do? If I had to be like confronted, you know, with with this, with somebody saying, for instance, to me, you're not welcome in the wizarding world because, you know, you're black or because, you know, you're not straight or because whatever. And all I hear in my head is Cersei going, I choose violence. (laughs) 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 You know, it's just. It's been so frustrating. Like there's like I haven't even I haven't even posted on Facebook about Harry Potter since. And I used to do like all the time. Like yeah, I would do it at least always. a couple times a week. <laughs> at least a couple times a week I was saying something about it. Right. And I'm like, I can't even do that now because right. then I feel like people will think that I am fine with her or like I approve of what she said. And so I'm like, I couldn't write anything without this long disclaimer of I am well aware that J.K. Rowling is a turf. I, you know, condemn everything she has ever said. I am not transphobic. I have trans people that I know and love. I like, you know, it, it's it's so horrible mm-hmm. that. Yeah, something that was lovely. Is not anymore and and not knowing what to say or yeah. what to do to be to be of a support right because right. I don't even know how are you supportive to folks who are feeling really really marginalized and targeted and abused like this is abuse this is violence yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. they've been harmed how do you how are you a support to people who have been harmed yeah. yeah. Um, I feel I like, like 
2020 is like this it's just one massive bullshit thing after yeah. another like what the fuck I can't even <laughs> it's I can't even like, like Harry Potter yeah well and that's a thing like it, I keep it's funny I keep thinking about um like um <clears throat> this is a really random reference but like uh <laughs> from friends of all things but like um there was one point where um uh i think it was ross and rachel like they like the way after they'd way broken up mm-hmm. and like you know she she said something like well you're not entitled to like even think of me naked anymore or see me naked anymore right. and he's like um i can see you naked whenever i want in here like in what my mind, right? Stop that! Like, like right? Like, there. Oh, there's fifty of you, and you're having a parade. Like, what is, <laughs> like, you know, there. There's at some point. I go back to also like Sherlock's mind palace as well. Mm-hmm. At some point, you. It may be better for everyone to sit there and say, "Now this is mine." You know, like. What I think of as the Gryffindor common room can still be mine. It can, yeah. it can be mine existing somewhere else. And, you know, of course, of all people, Doctor Who fans know this very intimately, Woo! that this <laughs> can exist in a separate timeline yep, on a separate its own. Space. Yeah, on its own without anyone being able yep. to touch it. Yep. And you can keep that because you are strong enough to do so. You are strong enough to make manifest and to force out the poison that JK yeah. is trying to pour in. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I wish everyone, like, I, I wish everyone, like, could find some peace with this, you yeah. know? And that's the main thing. Like, it, it's awful. It's awful that, that people are under attack by a creator. Yeah like this that's unacceptable and it should never be the case like i even get mad when like you know when authors respond to people like talking shit about their books on twitter i'm like no you put it out there they reacted to it that people get to they get to criticize right but like um you can't take it just shut up don't read your reviews (laughs) hurts you more if it hurts you more to try to destroy what you'd establish as your your safe space Kick her out. Yeah. Kick her out completely. Take yeah. take your little take the the common room and move it yep. to a TARDIS. It somewhere. lives somewhere else. Like in my timeline, Rowling isn't the one who wrote it. You yeah. know, like you can create an entirely different right. author in your timeline. Right. The author I mean, could be you. All the people that all the academics who are like, no, Shakespeare didn't write all of that. It was Sir Francis Bacon. You know, yep. like you even can just academic, read. Yeah, like just do a whole recon in your head and make it something else. Or, like for me, these these places that have become so important to me actually exist somewhere. Yeah, right. So I don't even really think about them as having been created by an author. Like, yes, I understand that Harry Potter, the series, was written by a person named J.K. Rowling, Mm -hmm. but in my mind. The Wizarding World, the Potterverse, exists as a place. It is a thing. And so it isn't being authored. Like, it's it's just a place that exists where even now people are actually living in yeah. 2020. That Harry is 
what would he be 40 or whatever the heck he would be yeah. now yeah he's 40 yeah he's, like so he's a year older than me right so like harry and Je- like harry is 40 and Ginny is 39 or however old she would be now and their children and hermione and ron and all of them like they are ne- even now off living their lives and they are not the they're not words on a page Like they have, they now exist and are off living their lives. And JK is no longer writing that. Yeah. Like she's not writing the lives. She wrote 11 year old through 17 or 18. However, they were at the end of the books, children. And after that, they continued to live somewhere else separate. Yeah. Um, that I can visit in my mind whenever Mm -hmm. I feel like. Yeah. And yeah, that was before, you know, she showed herself to be a monster. Right. Um, but that gives me solace as well that mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you've already created these characters who I love in all of their ridiculousness because, you know, like Harry hilariously enough is like one of my least favorite characters, mm-hmm. you know, it's all named after him, but I'm like, Harry himself isn't really all that interesting to me as nope. a character. You know, a little white boy is not interesting to me. Although I, you know, of course, feel bad for him as mm-hmm. because he did not have his parents and so mm-hmm. forth and so on. But, you know, he was a jock. He grew up to be a cop. Like, though, uh, ugh. Like, That's you, true. Know, <laughs> you know, I think about if I was cop. in school with him, I would not have liked him. No, school, you would not. Have. You know, I would not have liked him. I didn't, I didn't like the popular jock kids. Like, he would not have been. Yeah, I would have been guy. hanging out with, like, Luna and Neville. Exactly. Like, I would have hung out with the misfits, the weirdos, the nerds. You know, I think I would have liked Hermione, even though she liked Harry. And I can see myself befriending her and being like, why do you even hang out with him? Oh, my God. Like, they're idiots, both of them. Neither one of them are smart enough to even carry the book. Why do you bother? (laughs) You know? Um, But, yeah, like, but I love him Mm -hmm. the same way you love your family member cousin yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know i love him i love ron the older i get the more i come to love ron because i used to be a jerk but i love him more and more and more like every time i read the books i think just because i understand him like like, i get it yeah he's kind of like if an angry grandpa was a kid (laughs) he very much is he very much is He's so cantankerous. Yes. You know, he at nine times out of 10 cannot figure out the right thing to say. And so he just kind of swells up with fury and indignation um, <laughs> and goes beat red. You know, I'm just thinking of the t- the point now, again, since I'm reading Goblet of Fire, I'm thinking of Hermione saying, you know, next time a dance comes, ask me yourself. Me yeah. Ask you know, me. and so that we don't have to deal with all of this. And him him being like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, she did not. And that's why you're sputtering, you know, <laughs> poor Ron, you know, and I just think of him like you're in the shadow. You've been in the shadow of your brothers your entire life. And then you go to school and you make a best friend and you're excited about that. And then you're in his shadow too. Yep. So how horrible and how horrible it must have been for Ron, you know, yep. to some degree it was really hard. Yeah. You know, he already dealt with issues of jealousy. And so you know, I tell myself now, like, he was a child. Yes. He was a child. Grown people don't know how to deal with envy. Mm-hmm. If you're 16 or 17 years old, you don't really know how to deal with that. Particularly not when you're feeling envious towards somebody you really love and respect. Yes. Like, 
Harry is your best friend and close to you as a brother. And then there's the part of you that just wants to knock him in the back of his head because he's just one more person who's better than you at everything, you know? I always think back to like how much my love of these characters comes manifest in their um, Patronus. Like, mm, like, so yes. the fact that his is a dog and yes. is an otter and yes. uh, Luna's is a rabbit. Like so yes. many of these things, like they're, they're, they're distilled characters and I yes. can't ever fault like their characters yeah. because a basset hound or something yeah no i think well in, in the movie it just looks like a lab like a labrador yeah. or something like yeah. that and that but it I is it's very it. much like a little like he he is he's like a loyal and faithful and i just want to be your friend and yes. i just want you to love me he's and i want Hufflepuff to be the center of, the of your three. attention yeah he yeah. is the hufflepuff of the three you yeah. know and yeah, I say that a lot. Like, it's funny that the three characters are all Gryffindors, but really they are all four of the houses yes. and, and three people, you yes. know? So they're all Gryffindors, but then Harry is a Slytherin and Ron is a Hufflepuff and Hermione is and a Ravenclaw. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, poor Ron, who's just eaten up inside from jealousy on every side. Yeah, but you know? it's not going to stop him from being there. But it doesn't stop him from being there, you yeah. know? Like, he leaves and comes back. Yeah, because he can't he cannot he can't walk away from his best friends. He can't not help. You know, of course, I'm going to help you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although, in my happy. mind, talking about, you know, the way we read people, I've always read Ron is by. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. With his I love of crumb. His love of crumb, I think, is not like it's not a sporting thing. Right. Like he uh-huh. really if he you read those the way he had a crush on him. Yes, he definitely really had. he did. And I think the problem with the Yule Ball isn't just Hermione. Yeah, it was it's also crumb. Victor Crumb. Yep. You know, like the two people that I dig like each other. Neither yeah. of them like me. You know, yeah. like it it is. It it's very much you know, it's the first I thought he just wanted to be Crumb. And then I'm like, nope, nope. He's totally crushing on him. Yeah. Like, he really likes him. And I think there's some of that. Not that he and Harry aren't just friends. But there's something of it in there, too. Like, there's a part of him that I think really loves. Like, loves Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, you know... A lot of this stuff is really, really heteronormative because I'm like, you just had to pair them off like that. Yeah. Why did Ron and Hermione have to wind up together? There's really nothing in the text that makes them seem like a perfect couple to me. Like they fought all of the time. And so, yes, yeah, there's a little flirty teenage, whatever the hell. But honestly, if you read it, they kind of fight like brother and sister. Like they don't fight like... I've always had an issue with the fact that they end up with their high school sweethearts like yeah, every time. Thought I'm that like marries their high school. Why is that a thing? No. And I think the only person who didn't was Luna. Yeah, um, Luna and uh, oh no, and Neville, Neville, well, Hannah Neville met yeah. his in in high school, so right. I don't think they were. There's nothing that says they were dating while they were in high school, right. but they met there. Yeah. So. Cho didn't. Cho met. Cho married somebody else entirely. Yay, Cho. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. yeah, and that's the thing, like, but you know, the, like central people, like yeah. they all seem to have paired off. Yeah. No, um, except for Luna, who, yes, because yes, she's yeah. like one of my favorites. So good girl, Luna, who <laughs> went off and didn't get married until I think she was in her late 20s or something. Oh, the backstory. So said. good. So smart. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing, um, you know, uh, like, 
I love thinking about what their lives would be now, like we were talking yeah. about. And like, you know, it's very interesting to think about the life that uh, Hermione and Ron would have had. Like, I, I needed not, like, for whenever I I've think I've never about, read The Cursed Child, and I don't think I ever oh, will. Oh, no, don't. It's terrible. Yeah. It's awful. I don't think I like, ever will because I don't want her to ruin my idea of what their lives have become. Right. And, yeah. like, for me, I love, I, I actually prefer book Ron to movie Ron. And so I have to remove yeah. Yeah, yeah, movie yeah. Ron to think yeah. about their future life. And their future life, in my mind, is actually pretty good. Like, oh, yeah. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, and it's, it's, it always, it always makes me sad that we didn't get more. You know, mm. that we didn't get more people other than them. You know, and that's the thing, like it it speaks to it again goes back to we need to be allowed to take the pen in our hands and write in this expanded universe because I want to know more about the other people than the the three Gryffindors like it bugs me. Like, to be honest. Yeah, because there's an entire school. Yeah, and it bugs me whenever, like, it's Halloween and, like, every kid that comes by is dressed, like, uh, is dressed in Gryffindor robes. Yes, like, everybody's Harry Potter. Like, no, he's a Ravenclaw? Really? Really? Yeah, and that's like, of course I am a Ravenclaw all the yeah. time. Oh, I um, entered the door in full Ravenclaw, like, choke this past year like that was what i did <laughs> yeah i think and i think you're right like it's what about the rest of these people what and the one little glimpse that i think we got of it was when you know the the big three had left yeah um for so long and then you know snuck back into the castle and neville pretty much saying so you thought because you were gone everything fell apart mm -hmm. it didn't we're still here you know i've gotten in trouble however many times because i've been defiant to the new <laughs> professors they put I in line um, i do too that you know it we have like dumbledore's army still exists mm -hmm. without the three of you like we've still been resisting we've still been carrying on here and then even in the final battle when when voldemort says okay so harry is dead Mm -hmm. So now what, you know, come over to my side. He's dead. And, and Neville says, we're not going to stop because Harry is dead. Like we're not fighting for Harry, right. <laughs> you know, we're fighting to save, like, you know, to save our concept of this mm -hmm. world, to save ourselves and our family. And so if he's dead, then the rest of us will continue to fight. Yep. And like, I'll take up the, I'll take up the sword myself then. Like, mm -hmm. you know, which he did. Which he did. You know, all hail Neville, the conquering hero in my mind. Yay, Neville! Um, but so, yeah, that was the tiny glimpse we got of it. That mm -hmm. there's an entire school of kids aside from those three. Yeah. And that those children were also having the experience with what was happening in this world. Yeah. And had lives and agency outside right. of it. Yeah. And so it was Neville who was speaking for them and basically right. saying, you do know that the world doesn't revolve around you, right? Right. If y'all left, we still continue to fight here. And here's the thing. You could even take that, that whole speech and bring it back into like the real world and say, you know, the world doesn't revolve around you, JK. Yep. Your world doesn't yep. even revolve we'll around you. We'll continue on without yeah. you. Like, it's we will so, just pretend yeah. you don't exist, and we will continue to fight 
the war that we know exists and be on the side of the right here. Like yeah. it's so it's so amazing to me that she's basically made herself Voldemort. Like yes. you are now the evil that yeah. needs to be slain. You know, it 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 is Oh, God, how I would love to see, and I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I'm going to have to go searching for it. And I'm sure somebody will probably, like, add us on Twitter or something. But I was going to say how much I would love to read a fic around that. Like, what happened while they were gone with Neville and the rest of them carrying on, you know, carrying on Dumbledore's army, basically, in the absence of the big three. Um... I would always like, of course, everybody says we should write the books from Hermione's point of view. Yeah. But I would love to see it from somebody who literally wasn't a part of that trio at all. Yes. Same. Yes. I would love to see it from Hermione's point of view because yay, Hermione. Yeah. But I would love to see it from the point of like a random Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff who wasn't involved at all, Mm -hmm. was just a student at the school and was like, shenanigans have commenced. Like, even if it was just like letters home to their family, like. Harry Potter showed up. It's Conflama. And like just this one kid who's like their experience with the things that have happened. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if is it because she's British and maybe doesn't know as much about like intellectual property and how you can how you make more money when you don't have to be the one writing. Because this is the the revelation that has already occurred to many, many more people before her time. Because like um, one of the best examples that I I can think of of this is um, Disney at Mm. some point realized that like uh they shut down Disney Infinity which was a uh it was a very expensive venture for them because not only was it a video game that they had to continue to make Yeah, I remember games, it. Yeah. But they had like actual physical like toy components. Yes. Right? Yeah. Really a very expensive venture. And so they went, "You know what? We're stepping back from video game development and we are going to rely on what our um like our strength is, which is our IP." And so yeah. what we're going to do is license out our IP if y'all want to create games with it. Disney, like, and this is the thing, for me, like, as much as Disney right now, Disney World and everything like that is a problem, um, I will never fault the leader, well, I will rarely fault the leadership, um, at least intellectually, of Bob Iger, the the outgoing CEO, because he's made some of the the smartest decisions. Because that's what you do, right? When you say, Listen, this is too much for me to to be the one producing. I'm I'm giving it to you guys to produce with, and you yeah. just need to purchase the licenses. It's much better. It makes you much more money without any like you having to do the investing to get the money made. Yeah. And so, um, and then on top of that, like I always think back to um the uh, Star Wars expanded universe, of course. And one of the things that was the most remarkable thing, um, so. Boba Fett um, is an extremely popular character. When you actually go back and watch the original trilogy, he's in all of like 10 minutes over three movies. Mm-hmm. If that. I think mm-hmm. it might be even less than that. But his character took on cult status mm-hmm. via this expanded universe. Like yeah. there were whole book series on not only Boba Fett, but all bounty hunters. And because like, this is a people, this is a people, this is a group, you know, so within Star Wars, there's Jedi, there's rebels, there's the empire, there's Sith, and there's yeah. bounty hunters. 
characters, among others, like the traders and stuff like that, like the traders and smaller outpost worlds and stuff like that had their own lives as well. Yeah. This expanded universe allowed people to engage with that, to engage with these ti- these characters that just yes. appear glimpses, right? Yeah. Uh, and like what ended up happening because of the expanded universe, Boba Fett and his father, Jango Fett, ended up featuring in the prequel series. And there is now a whole series called The Mandalorian, Mandalorian about yeah. all the the people in the in quotes religious order that Boba Fett was. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, there's so much more opportunity. For this world, if you, like any creator, is not the only one doing it, right? Like, I really wish that she would She should just do that. Right. Just remove yourself um, and allow people who know more to do more. Mm -hmm. Like, just remove yourself from it. It would be, it would probably be the smartest thing for her to do right now in a way to save what she created because mm-hmm. she's tainting it mm-hmm. to the point where people no longer want to be associated with it. Right. Um, which makes me wonder about things like universal studios and the fact that they have created whole amusement parks around this world and what will happen if she continues to take fire because of her bullshit. Yeah, well, let me tell you, nobody's going to watch Fantastic Beasts 3 or... And, and there's supposed to be, like, three more movies, yeah, right? nobody's going to watch Nobody those. wants to see that shit. First of all, I didn't want to see it because the first two movies bored the hell out of me. So I was yeah. like, I'm not going to continue. Like, I'm not going to... I went to the actual theater for the first movie. Yeah. Was super excited about it. Was bored to death. Mm-hmm. And then did not go to the theater for the second. So yeah. I just waited until the second one was on like HBO or something to see it. Mm-hmm. Now for the next three, I probably won't even do that. No, I'm so, not bothering. Like, nobody's going to want to do it. It wasn't good to begin with. People were then like the Potterheads were just going because it was associated right. with Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Now you're not even going to get that because... Right. People hate you, right? Yeah. And so we don't want you to get any of our money. Yep. And so nobody's going to go to the movies to see it now. Even those hardcore people who would still watch your boring shit. Yeah. Nobody's going to go watch your boring shit now because we all hate you. Mm-hmm. Like even the people who are determined to continue to be a part of the fandom are saying, how can I do this and make sure she doesn't get any more of my money? Yep. You know, for me, I'm like, okay, great. I already own the books. Yeah. So I do not have to keep buying the books. Yeah. So she doesn't have to get any of my money that way. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Like, no, it's not awesome that coronavirus exists. However, <laughs> I can't travel anyway. Right. So I can't go to Universal Studios. So she can't get any of my money that way. Okay. Right. Um, you know, even things like T-shirts and mugs and all that kind of stuff, you can always find people who are not associated with it who yeah. make those things and you give them your money, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, I have my entire series of mugs, which are not, you know, the official, they're not official mm-hmm. 
Harry Potter universe mugs, right? Like, like they're just a mug that has a saying on it or whatever. And so I bought those things. And so now they belong to me and she didn't get any of the money associated with like all of that kind of stuff. You know, everybody's like, buy unofficial shit, (laughs) you know, read fanfic, give money to those of us in the community who are creators and not to Rowling herself. Yeah. Um, and that's why I don't I don't have problems doing things like listening to um, Harry Potter podcasts yeah, and stuff because not. she's not yeah. getting any money from any of these creators, you know. So, you know, I'm so excited, so excited that Witch Please is coming back. I know, me too. Um, I cannot wait. And so, yeah, I'm not going to have any problem listening to them talk about Harry Potter because, first of all, she's not going to get any money off of that. And second of all, because... I know that they're going to rip her to shreds. Wonderful. Good. You know, (laughs) like that makes me very, very happy that there are people, you know, the Gailey prophet, that there are folks out in the world who are interrogating these texts Mm -hmm. and talking about the problems in them and the holes and the issues and finding joy in that like finding joy in the actual picking apart of the issues because that brings me joy right (laughs) it brings me joy it brings you joy that's why this podcast exists because nothing makes us happier than to pick apart the things we love (laughs) what's better than that let's tell you about all of the things that we think are great why they're awful like We exist to tell you about why the things we love are the worst. Like, that, it does, it gives me some degree of joy to really say, like, oh, my God, this is the worst. Isn't it the worst? And, like, really talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what we do then is say, because there's nothing that's perfect. There's nothing that you can say, this is an extremely perfect product, and this is why everybody should love it. There's always going to be a place where I don't see what the issues are with it, right? Because I can only read or watch or engage with something from my position in the world. And so, like I was saying earlier, for people who read trans folks into the the text that I would never have seen, Mm -hmm. like there has to be somebody other than me who has picked that thing apart and said, we don't exist here. And here's where I have seen that we could. Yep. Um, and so that for me is what creates community. Mm-hmm. It isn't the, we all love this perfect thing. It is the, we, we share this in common and let's all talk about the great things we see in it and the not so great things we see in it. Um, you know, and maybe that comes from me having been Christian for years yeah. So glad to be released from that. But having, you know, being a person who looked at the Bible and was like, a whole bunch of this don't make no sense to me. <laughs> you know, and still calling yourself a Christian and how you dealt with that. So that taught me to, <laughs> to believe in something and yet not be okay with the central text. Yeah. God, my husband went like one of his one of his rants, like and it, it was a week long rant that he was saying to literally anyone who would listen is like he he definitely 
is moving past like his his religious past as well and he (laughs) the one thing he kept saying for an entire week was why why would you ever think jesus was white why would you ever why would anybody believe that yeah why would it it doesn't even make sense geographically right and he was like as black people why would we think that jesus is white yeah Yeah. why would he have believed it of course it was because that's what we were taught and it was just reinforced with all the pictures hanging up on the wall of the blonde blue hair you know the blonde haired blue eyed jesus um whatever but we could do a whole episode about that but (laughs) you know but yeah that's the kind of thing that you grow up being like wait a minute now like that doesn't even make sense to me but that's of course that's why I was never a very good Christian because I refused to go along with the text (laughs) (laughs) and so you know here I am now on the other side of having left Christianity years ago Mm -hmm. um but I'm still that same person like I'm that person everywhere which is I'm going to be the person who points out the holes and says, yeah, this is bullshit. You know, I know that we're all supposed to be enjoying this, but this is bullshit right yep. here. You know, this part doesn't make any sense to me. Um, although today <laughs> I am now, it's it's funny how many times we reference other podcasts in our podcast. Yeah. I binge listening to um, the Quibbler. Oh, okay. It's really good. I'm having a good time. But anyway, for some reason, I'm listening to the Quibbler today as I'm driving to Starbucks because for some reason, Sarah, I could not drink the green tea we had in the house. She, she needed, needed to drink the green tea. That green tea. Whatever. And so <laughs> she's like, I need the green tea with the lemonade in it. Oh, that stuff is good, though. I mean, but we could have just gotten, gotten green tea. But, okay, lemonade. fine. Fine. <laughs> right. We have lemons in the house. I could have just. Oh, God. Some lemons into your. But whatever. Okay. So we go over. And as I'm listening to the quibbler and, you know, your mind kind of wanders and I start thinking about Dumbledore, like young Dumbledore in the Fantastic Beasts movies and how young Dumbledore is Jude Law, who I used to have a massive crush on. He looked good in that movie. He really did. And then I just start thinking about (laughs) old Dumbledore as Jude Law. And it was like howling in my like for no reason like I just started (laughs) howling because I'm like okay I'm now imagining Jude Law with like this really long gray beard and the long gray hair like if you stop imagining Dumbledore is like Richard Harris or what was the second guy Uh, Michael Gambon yes so he's not Michael Gambon anymore (laughs) he's Mm -hmm. now Jude Law in a gray wig with a gray beard I'm like I like I that, that Dumbledore mm. very yeah. much because I was thinking about mm. Dumbledore at the the Christmas dinners where he always like gets drunk and is like uh-huh. wearing a flowered bonnet. Yep. Or like at the Yule Ball where again he's like drunk and having the time of his life. And I'm like Michael Gambon drunkenly kissing Professor McGonagall or like dancing around the floor makes no sense at all. Jude, Jude Law? Uh, yes. Yes. I- <laughs> drunkenly doing the twist or something at the with the kids so now from here on out i leave i give that to our listeners as well from (laughs) now on dumbledore is jude law in a long gray wig and beard dude like and jude law right now so i don't know jude law is like 50 or something i don't know how old he is but like imagine him the way he looks now just a long gray beard and a wig Mm -hmm. It's hysterical, which, by the way, 
how did Jude Law become Michael Gambon? I don't know. Between Fantastic Beasts and Harry Potter. Because Dumbledore lives to be like close to 200 years old or something, doesn't he? Like he's 100 and something by the time he dies. So So that was supposed to be in the 90s? The 90s. So that's 70 years. So that's 70 years. So maybe, I mean, I guess maybe it's doable. So, okay, 70 years. If Jude Law is 50-ish or close to it, you know, Mm -hmm. late 40s, early 50s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 70 years, I guess, like 120 or something. I just don't, I don't know. I don't see Jude Law, that man, the way they had him dressed and looking. Yeah. I don't see him becoming the Dumbledore. Who's totally walking around in robes. Yeah, no. I the Definitely. fact that he was wearing like, you know, a nicely tailored like vest and right. Pants, like, right. like he, a damn I don't see that dude. Yeah. That dude I don't see did that not dude. become the the Dumbledore that we see in the books. Like even the I mean in the movies, even the Dumbledore in the books is flashier than the Dumbledore. Like the Dumbledore in the books is wearing like purple robes. Yeah. And purple high-heeled boots with buckles on them. Well, that's right. Like he's wearing Prince boots. <laughs> in the books. <laughs> oh my god, now in my mind, Prince is a wizard. Prince is definitely a wizard. Prince I haven't really connected that. He's I definitely a wizard. Before. And he's definitely a, a Ravenclaw? Because he's a weirdo. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a complete weirdo. And brilliant. Like, he's definitely a Ravenclaw. And... That- that American Bandstand interview when he was 19 is one of the most Ravenclaw things I've yeah. ever seen. Oh, in my yeah. Life. Like, he's definitely a Ravenclaw. Like, yeah. absolutely he was. And and would have, like, he would have been, like, Ravenclaw Quidditch captain or something. Yeah. Like, he's very athletic, this tiny little man. Oh, <laughs> a seeker. The Ravenclaw seeker. Oh, he would be probably. the seeker. No question. Yeah. Tiny little man zipping around in purple robes. Like, yes. Like, we want a flamboyant. Again, Dumbledore is gay. <laughs> like we want a flamboyant Dumbledore wearing purple high heel boots. I don't understand why we didn't get that. We got a grandpa, like we got an old kind of pitiful Which, looking grandpa. When you're a kid, everyone seems old. So that yeah, is I mean the Dumbledore whole... was old. Yeah, yeah. But so, like everyone's old and flashy. Everyone seems like a grandpa or grandma over a certain age, I think, yeah. when you're a kid. I just want that. I want the purple-robed Dumbledore with the yes. shiny boots. The super fabulous um, Dumbledore. It's hilarious because in the books, everybody wears muggle clothes at some point. Mm-hmm. Except, like, the teachers don't really. Mm-hmm. But the kids all do. You know, even in the school when they're like, they're wearing their robes. Yeah. Like, the robes aren't their clothes. Like, the robes are just thrown over top of, like, a school uniform. Right. Nobody's just walking around in robes and shoes. Yeah. <laughs> except for, yeah, except for that time that they turned Snape upside Snape down. Snape upside down, right. But it's like, at least in Harry, by the time Harry goes to school, mm-hmm. everybody's wearing, like, a school uniform, and the robe is, like, more like a cloak. Like, it's just more like a coat right. over top of the stuff. Um, so I would love, whenever it comes, you know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to reboot the movie series. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to see Dumbledore in, like, ridiculous purple clothes with, like, his his robe just kind of rather and this is a thing i'd rather have like a like 
Showtime HBO show. Yeah, a series. Yeah, I would series. like to have a series rather yeah. than movies. That JK has nothing, nothing to, do to do with. Yeah. That's like somebody, I and I would, I would love to have it rebooted as like a series um, instead of it being a movie because each movie cut out great stuff from the books out of necessity I, to make thing. things, One you know, my, to yeah. You're right. Yeah. One of my favorite movies is actually Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. I'm still so mad, so mad that Lupin never copped to being um, prongs. Or not prongs. Um, was he? Padfoot. Padfoot. Nope, yeah. wrong one. Mooney. Padfoot. Mooney. Mooney. Yeah, I was like, yeah. damn it, I had to list no, them No, serious is Padfoot, yeah. I'm still so mad that they yeah. had a moment where he could be like, yeah, that was us. Of course. Like, of course I know about the map because we yeah. created it. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, you know, that in the books. Yeah. Well, I, right. Yeah. yeah but not so in the movie. The yeah. Book, but not in the movie. And so Harry doesn't realize in the movie, like at least in movie canon, that he does have several pieces of his dad. Yeah. That now. you've gotten to know people who have, who knew and loved your dad. Not yeah. just serious. That, you know, you still have Lupin. Like, you had Lupin, yeah. and he actively taught you and was a right. friend of your father's and your mother's. Um, and that, yeah, you had a part of your dad through that. Like, yeah. you have the Through people. the Marauder's Map and yep. through the Invisibility Cloak. You yep. had pieces of your dad. You didn't just look like him. He yeah, wasn't you just had him gone out of your life. Time. Yeah. You know, if you think about the fact that the things that you touch have, like, bits of you. Like, your yes. bits of your DNA on it. So, like, you're touching things, you're holding things in your hand that your father held that he mm -hmm. created in the case of the map. Yeah. Um, you are wrapping yourself in something that he actually wore on his body. Like, yep. those kinds of things are so, like, that's so sweet. Yes. Um, you know, and having finished Prisoner of Azkaban just a, f a few days ago and, you know, seeing the scene where his... Patronus comes and you know it's in the form of a stag which was yeah. his father yeah um and even having Dumbledore say to him like tonight prongs ran like rode again like that was so like oh you know yeah like in you there are the parts you know for us those of us who part of our tradition my tradition is ancestor veneration mm -hmm. and part of the ancestor veneration is not honoring people outside of you mm -hmm. it is the knowledge that you as a physical being are actually your ancestors so mm -hmm. everything about you is little bits and pieces of all of the people who came before you and ultimately came together to make you mm -hmm. and so that you yourself were kind of a walking temple like a walking altar oh, to the ancestors so and so like Everything I do for myself, I do for them. So every time I'm loving toward myself, I'm loving toward them. Mm -hmm. You know, if if there had been some kind of understanding of that for him, that, you know, your Patronus shows up as your father because you are, in fact, your father. Like, yes. your father still lives there, as does your mother. Um, and so that he is still, he still exists in you as a part yeah. of, that would have been, that would have been lovely. But I do, like, that's what I read, again, reading yourself into the text. Yes. That's what I read into the text. Now, that isn't written in the words, but that's what I saw as a person who does that as part of my religion, that, that I saw that as ancestor veneration. Like, yeah. the fact that his Patronus shows up in the shape of his father makes complete sense to me because I understand a, pers a person as being 
a represent a a, phys- a walking representation of all of their ancestors um and being able to tap into them so like and that's still being a communication device between the Mm -hmm. two you know yeah all right so that brings us to the end of our jk rolling bitching um we will probably bitch some more at some point (laughs) but for now we don't want to go but we have to bye-bye Oh we have God. talked for like two, two hours. <laughs> so we, and the fact that we started with, what are we going to say? I don't know. <laughs> and we just started talking and it is now two hours later. I think, I think we're going to. And now I'm like, do we have, should we have an agenda? It's too late. We've nope. <laughs>